Welcome to this week's episode of Cornerstone Conversations. Having a chat with Neil and Matt. <laughs> Just like to welcome Matt Koenig to the stage. Uh, you know how sometimes you're looking for a photo of yourself and you're like, oh, there must be a good one somewhere? There just no. isn't. <laughs> and we're like, surely I must look good at some stage, but yeah, that's it. Handsome fellows, right? <laughs> I think you look better than I do, to be honest. <laughs> that's a given. Yeah, look at that. I think Matt's trying to smile. <laughs> it's there. I don't know, do I look joyful, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah. So we decided we were chatting in the office one day. We've been doing a, a show called Cornerstone Conversations. It's a podcast that we do. And the reason we started it up was because of the coronavirus, right? So we couldn't come to church. And I'd actually been thinking about it for a long time. And I said to Matt, why don't we do it? And, of course, Matt's, you know, technically a wizard. And all of a sudden he rustled up everything. And it's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And um, this is episode 15. So do you realise that's 15 weeks since the sort of coronavirus stuff kicked in? That's over, well, it's about three months, right? Get over. Yeah. Getting towards four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing for us. Anyway, so we, we thought what we're going to do is actually do a Cornerstone Conversations live. So if you're listening online, uh, today we're actually with a live studio audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And normally it's like me sitting behind my desk with my feet up on my desk and we're chatting away and Matt's behind his desk and... Uh, but so this is a little bit more formal, I guess, Matt. Um, it's a bit more scary, that's for sure. Look at all these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you that's ask me a curly question and I don't know the answer? I can't uh, stop the recording and that's it. <laughs> go back and make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. No, no, no editing it out, that's correct. So we're going to be talking a little bit about discipling today. Um, it's something that's always on my heart. So normally we'll go over the weekend's message, but this is the weekend's message, so maybe I'll have to preach on on Thursday instead. Yeah. So we're just looking, uh, just thinking about the church as a discipling church. What, what does it really look like and the conversations that we would have. I, I played it to my daughter, one of my conversations. She said, yeah, Dad, it's good. It sounds like it's me and you uh, and Matt sitting in coffee club. And that's exactly what we want it to be. So coffee's welcome. Please bring them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it's good. Like, we just felt like sometimes, you know, you get something from a message on the weekend and you just want to chew on it a bit more. Yeah. Is that what you get, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah. It's really good. I enjoy the process because yeah. we, we do. We, we chew on it and we come back and we, we talk together and, you know, just delve that little bit deeper. And it, it challenged, for me, it's challenged me a lot because it means I actually listen on Sunday for <laughs> one. But... But then, you know, there's that, there's that process of, of actually discussing it out further, and I think that's really helpful. And, and, and even, you know, like the opportunity that we have to come together in small groups and, and to do that during the week as well, you, it, I find you just get so much more. I've grown so much more um, as, as I've been part of a small group. And, and you know, today we're, we're talking about discipleship, and, and Neil's actually discipled me over a long time. Um, I've been with this church for nearly probably 13 years or something like that now. Um, and a lot of those years, uh, Neil has in, intentionally spoken into my life, and, and we'll probably talk a bit more about that in a little while. But um, yeah, it's it's yeah. really good to get into it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, what I'd like to do is to make something a little bit similar to this regular, but I've got another thing in my mind: cornerstone conversion. 
love hearing the story of how people got saved. Just amazing. And I want to be able to share that with everyone and, and those people to be able to share that, that journey with everyone because it's, um, you know, God just moves in so many different ways and different lives. You'll hear, hear stories about God moving in so many different ways and you're like, how amazing is he? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, we could have been in a place where we're not listening or where we were going to church or our lives were a mess and we were running a mark or we were living good lives. But God breaks through in everyone's life to bring salvation and we all need it. So hopefully we'll be able to do this a little bit more often in that way. Um, so Matt, I'm going to be talking about discipleship. And uh, if we could just have that verse up, everyone will know it most likely if you've been at the church for a while, Matthew 28. Um, and this is the great commission that's given to us, right? So Jesus is going up to heaven and he's, this is the last thing that he says to the disciples in Matthew. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new, new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Great promise in that um, and, and a great commission to us in that, to make disciples. So the question that I would have is, like, is this, if this is Jesus' command to us, what does a disciple actually look like? So if, if I'm looking here and I'm thinking, Jesus has told me to go and make disciples, what's the end product? What do you think it might look like? Well, I guess the, the first thing we need to do is actually look at what a disciple is. And, and you know, we look at, we look at Jesus' life and, and his ministry and he intentionally built relationship with people. With a, and, and it was with a small group of people. There were other people that were following around and, and listening to what Jesus was saying, but he was really intentional in building relationship with, with 12 guys and speaking into their lives and doing life with them. You know, there's, there's stories right through the Bible of, of Jesus' ministry and the disciples were always with him. They were always hearing the stories. They were seeing the miracles. Yep. Um, you know, they were experiencing the storms. Yep. Um, and, and Jesus was, was in all of that and they would have learnt so much just by being being with him, yep. um, understanding, um, you know, his, his heart and, and the love of the Father. Yep. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a really powerful thing. So I guess the, the first part is that as in, in a discipleship relationship, there actually has to be relationship there. It's not just a go and tick off the box, you know. It doesn't yep. say you just go and baptise someone in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but there's a whole heap more so it's a little bit more than that. just being saved, would you say? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that's, that's one very important part of it. But then there's a whole heap more that comes yep. with that of, of, of that building of relationship, of, of walking together. Um, you know, for, for you and me, I guess, you know, our relationship over, over the number of years that we've, we've been um, sort of together in this place is, is you very intentionally spoke into my life. You met with me at work and had coffee and, um, you know, we'd chat about the things that I was struggling with and all of that kind of stuff. And it was a very much your amazing godly wisdom speaking into my life um, and moulding and transforming me into who God wants me to be. And over the years, that has now sort of transformed into a more of a brotherly love type rather than yep. Neil telling me yeah, what absolutely. to do. And that's yeah. part of that discipleship journey, which we're going to talk mm. about a little bit later, that as people who follow Christ, and even as Jesus talked to the disciples, there was a point where he said, you were my servants, but now I'm calling you my friends. And there's a real big difference, right, between a servant and a friend. A, a friend 
comes into a relationship with stuff to give as well. So it's like they had to grow to that point though in, in, in that discipleship journey. And if you look at the base meaning of the word disciple, um, because maybe you're new to church, maybe this is a new term to you, disciple. If I, you know, most people who come off the street probably haven't heard of disciple, except for maybe in a negative sense, but certainly not a commonly used word, you know, like I'm a disciple, they'd be like, great, what's that really mean? What's a disciple? And so it's like the term itself means a learner. Okay, so basically you're learning. It's like that's what a disciple does, learns. And so first of all, when we think about discipleship, we, we have to remember that there's different ways that we learn. And if I'm thinking discipleship is knowledge, then I'm, I'm going to miss some of it. If I think discipleship is a destination, like I am now a disciple and that's it, I'm, I'm complete, then we're going to be really wrong because a disciple is a learner. So if I'm a disciple, what does that mean? I've got to keep on learning. Right? I actually never arrive because I'm always learning and growing. And as Matt talked before, like with me and him, it was very much an intentional thing on my behalf to start with. But now when we meet together, I'll be, I'm discipled by Matt because there's things in his life that I'm like, man, that's awesome. I've never been through that. I don't understand that. But you're bringing to me what the Word of God says about that and, and helping me understand it. So, Matt, I just wanted to talk about the different ways of learning as well um, in how we become a disciple. I think that's really important. Um, so, in what ways do you think we actually learn? Like, in the broadest sense, everybody learns. Um, well, there's, there's different ways of doing it, isn't there? There's, um, there's like a classroom setting where everyone sits down and, and listens to someone handing out their knowledge. Yep, so like um, information. Information. Yep. Hey, I've got that written down here. Well done. That's very good. <laughs> you got the information there. Yeah. Um, and then there's, then there's like the apprenticeship type relationship. Yeah, that's what, that's what that says, isn't it? Apprenticeship yep. relationship. So, you know, you're getting in there and you're actually doing, doing some of it, but you're, you're under that guidance of, of the person who knows what they're doing, hopefully. Um, and then, and then there's the, the immersion type of learning where you just get pushed in the deep end and you you either sink or swim. Yeah. yeah. So a bit of sink or swim in that, but there's also yeah. another side to that. So um, if I said to you, like, um, I don't know, it seems to be something that's common and I've asked people about it, I'd, I'd say, how do you become a disciple or a disciple? And, and often it's, this is the answer, I did a discipling course, so now I'm a disciple. Or... Now I know how to disciple people. And I'm like, is that really true? Like, is, is me being a disciple six weeks set aside in a special course, and at the end of that week, now I am a disciple? Do you think that's how it works? No. Why not? Well, because it's, it's a journey, isn't it? We're, if we're disciples, as you are saying before, we, we're constantly learning. We're, we're not ever complete until we go to be in, in heaven with God. You know, like there's a... There's always something more that we can learn about God. There's always things that we're not going to know the answer to about God because that's just how it is. We, there are some things that we are never going to understand. Yeah. And so we're never going to be done. We're never going to be complete uh, until we're in heaven with, with God. And, and um, I don't know if we're even going to be complete at that point. I'm sure that we will continue to learn about who God is and who yeah. we are in him as we spend eternity with him, which is, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, because like, even when you look at that love chapter and in uh, Corinthians, it talks about at the end there's three things that remain 
faith, hope, and love. Everything else passes away once the world, but we're still going to need faith in the next life. We're still going to need hope. We're still going to need love. So I think there is, you're right, that continuation. But do you think that as a Western world, we're really geared around that way of learning, the information type learning? Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and as you say, you know, you can say we're going to do a discipleship course and everyone comes together and learns what it is to to be a disciple and learns what it is to disciple others and then it's like, okay, off you go and, you know, that's it and you tick that box and you and you sort of move on. Yeah. yeah. So, could you imagine this world, the world like this? Um, now, we do obviously have different ways of learning, operating in the Western world, but imagine your surgeon, they come to you and say, you know what, I've got the best marks, I've learned all the rules, I've learned how to do everything and you're my first patient. <laughs> how do you think you'd feel? you feel confident? I don't think I would. I'd, I'd feel as if um, I want a little bit more than that. So, apprenticeship, what, what might that look like? Well, yeah, apprenticeship. So, you've got, you're basically doing a task together. Um, you've got someone who's got the experience, who knows what they're doing, sort of walking with the person who has absolutely no idea um, or, or some idea um, and, you know, um, either... One, one, the person who knows what they're doing actually shows how to do it and then the, and then the other one has a go yep. as well. Or it might be that the apprentice goes first and then, and then the one who knows what they're doing picks up all the pieces yep. at the end. Um, but it is, a, it, is a, it is a journey. It's an opportunity to actually get in there and, and yep. do stuff. It's not just sitting back and, and listening and yep. going, oh, yeah, you know, it's, all, it, it's then all in your head and it's not, not actually a, a physical part of what you do and how you act. Yeah, so Jesus would have done that. He certainly gave information he taught, right? He taught the disciples. But then there was this case where he sent out 72 of them and he said, okay, guys, you've been seeing me. Now I want you to go out. I want you to go out and preach in all the houses and I want you to heal the sick and um, all those sorts of things and, and preach the gospel. And then he said, when you come back, we're going to talk about it. And that's a little bit like that, that apprenticeship model where there's actually an action to our knowledge. So we're, we're starting to get it. And the third thing that I really want us to focus on is immersion. Um, not because the other two aren't important. We need everything, right? We, we understand that we need to have knowledge. We need information. We also need to be apprenticed. In other words, I need to marry myself or, or um, hitch myself to someone of faith, right? I have to do it. If you're a Christian here this morning and you have no Christian relationship that is challenging you and growing you, can I say you're probably not a disciple? Maybe growing a little bit, but there's a point where you're going to have to have someone in your life that can say, this works. This is how God worked in my life. Maybe teach you how to pray, how, how to do those things, how to stand in faith. When you're going through trials, you, you need someone to be hitched to. And that is really important. You know, Like even Jesus said, yoke yourself to me. In other words, you can't do it by yourself. You need to have that someone, apprenticeship, learning, growing. Um, that can take place one-on-one, -on -one, in a group, whatever it might be. And the last one is immersion, which is, I really want to think about because immersion is where the culture is actually grown in us, right? So, um, Matt, we, we talked a little bit about a worship song. Um, that might be a little bit hard to understand for someone who isn't a Christian. Or What were the words of that song? Um, um, oh, now you put me on the spot. He does this all the time. <laughs> um, what was it? The uh, the Lamb upon the throne, yeah. was it? Yeah. We sang about the Lamb. We sang, this we sang about the Lamb this morning. Um, so someone who 
isn't church would probably have no idea why there's a sheep sitting on a throne. And why we're worshipping. And why we're worshipping. Yeah. Does anyone see that? A lot of us have grown up in the Christian culture and so we would understand. You'd you'd hear the song, we worship the lamb on the throne and in our hearts, in our minds, we're like worshipping Jesus, the lamb on the throne. But I've just walked in the back of a church and you know, uh, I've heard some strange stories about this place and they worship the lamb that sits on the throne. Well, that's a bit crazy, right? <laughs> and there's a lot of that stuff that comes from what we call immersion, like that, that whole culture thing. Who are we as a people? Um, and we're going to tie this all together a little bit later in, in terms of us and our families and, and just even who we are because um, back in the old days, and this is serious, they actually did an experiment. They took a baby that was born to English people and put it in another culture and they were expecting this baby to grow up learning English, right? Now, to us, that sounds crazy, right? Because we're like, yeah, that's stupid, because if you're born in a certain country with a certain language, that's the language you speak. Did you hear what I just said? You're born into that place, you grow up in that place, you learn that language. And same with us with our Christian walk, there's this immersion part that needs to take place. In other words, who are the people I'm with? How do they live? What is the normal way of doing things. And and for me, I want this church to be a discipling church, which means we have to develop a discipling culture. Why? Because those who grow up in it will be what? Disciples. And so it's really important to me that, that we establish that here. What is Cornerstone? Who are we as Christians? Now, Jesus did not say, go and build the church, did he? Did he say that, mate? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He said, go and make make disciples. Go and make disciples. Which is the church. So, yes, he did. But didn't Jesus say, I will build the church? Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) We'll just edit that bit out later. (laughs) But it's true, right? God called us to make disciples. Who's going to build the church? Jesus. That's it. So our job as Christians is not to grow our church. We love to see it grow. We want it to grow. That is part of who we are. The culture that we have is that, let, let's think about this at the end times. You know, when people say, oh, you know, you don't need to be part of a body to be part of the church or, or to be a Christian. Seriously, what's Revelation say? It talks about this group of people coming into the throne to worship from every nation and every tongue, a multitude so great that they can't be numbered. Gathering together to worship. Now, that's a heavenly picture of what it should be on earth. We need each other and we need that immersion for our children. We need, need them to see that Christianity is not about me. It's about God. And so to be immersed in that culture, it's up to him to grow it. So, Matt, what areas do you think that if you were coming into Cornerstone Christian Fellowship and you're like, you're, you're the boss, you're now being promoted to the uh, guru, and what are the things that you would love to see people immersed in in Cornerstone? I'd love to see people just getting getting connected. You know, that's connection is a is a massive thing. Um, coming in and actually, you know, being welcome for one. You know, there's a there's a word that's been spoken over this place that we are a church that loves. We just love on people regardless of where they come from and all that kind of stuff. And and so in that there's a there's this opportunity to form relationship and I, you know, to see people come in and just be welcomed and loved 
and then to be able to build relationships, to connect in, to see people, um, you know, connected in through our, our small groups so we can, we can sit together and we can, we can chew on the word that's being spoken on Sunday or, or get into the word and, and just, you know, sort of pick it apart and, you know, take the opportunity to take five like you were challenging us a few weeks ago, you know, to, to take that dedicated time where we just focus on the word rather than focusing on ourselves and all the other things that are going on around the place. Um, you know, coming at 6.30 on a Wednesday morning to prayer meeting, it is, it is really good. It's worth the effort. If you can get here, I'd, I'd, I'd love to invite you to come. Um, but really, it's just being that, in that community of God, being there to support each other and grow together and, you know, share each other's burdens. You know, I think that's a, that's a really key thing is that we're not, you know, we just don't come and we dump all our stuff on everyone. But we actually, but we need to share that stuff. You know, you need to, you need to talk about the hard stuff. We need to work, walk the journey together because we can't, you know, like you can't challenge me if you have no idea of the things that I'm struggling with. Yeah, or, or um, I can challenge you. Well, you can, but probably not in the most effective way because I'm struggling with all this stuff that I'm keeping in the background yeah. and you're challenging me with something else. And so, so my, my challenge is there, but without relationships. True. Yeah. yeah. So, so relationship's key in that. So I can challenge, but it's not a good challenge because it doesn't work. Well, it's still a challenge. You know, and I can, I can, <laughs> you know, I can, I can choose to grow in that area. But you know what I mean. Like if you're, if you're really struggling with something, but you don't tell anyone about it, then they're, you know, we're called to share each other's burdens, to walk a journey yeah. together, yeah. and we can't walk that journey if we're not in that place of being open and honest with people. And that's yeah. really hard, especially in a setting like this where you know we've got heaps of people here. But you know, in a small group, you've got four or five people gathered together building relationship, just, you know, having a coffee, having a chat, yeah. and, then, and then getting into the deeper things and, and talking about the things that we're, we're struggling with and whatever and being able to speak into each other's lives. It's a really, yeah. you know, relationship is such a key part yeah, of, of what we do. You're right. Yeah. It absolutely is, and I agree with you. Like that challenge that you talked about, I can challenge. Mm. Someone can challenge me, but I can tell you right now, if Joe Blow, I don't know if that's a real name, but whatever, Joe Blow off the street, if there's a Joe Blow out there, I'm not talking about you, um, comes and says to me, Neil, da 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 da, and challenges me. How how well am I going to take that? I'm going to be like, who are you? <laughs> you know. And, and so this development of relationships and the right relationships is so important because I need to be challenged at times. But who can challenge me? Those who I know and love. They can challenge me deeply because I know that when they challenge me. They care about me. And and sometimes in churches, you do get people come up and challenge you with faith things or this, that, and the other. You don't know them from a bar of soap, and they think they're you know, doing God's will and challenging you greatly, but in all honesty, that's not a discipling relationship. But when someone else who I know and love comes and tells me exactly the same thing, I'm like, I don't like it, but you're right. <laughs> I need a change. There's some stuff in my life I need to grow in. And it might be good stuff as well. It might not be that you're a naughty person, but it might be that, hey, man, I saw this in you, this gift, and I, and I saw when you spoke to that person, you encouraged them greatly. Keep it up. And you're like, yeah, I've got to keep that up. So it's, and, and to create a culture where we're immersed in, what does it need to be? Because Jesus, you can make a disciple that's good or bad, you know that, right? Because they're learning. And Jesus challenged the Pharisees and he said, you know, you guys, you go, you cross the sea to make a disciple and you make him twice the son of the devil that you are. Twice the son of the devil. And so 
the discipleship that we want is one that leads us to Christ. That's it. I don't want people formed in my image. I'm sure you don't, Matt. No. Uh, looking at that photo. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> but, it's true, though. It is. No, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Whose image would you like them to be formed in? God's image, Jesus' image. You know, that's what we're that's what we're striving to be like, and that's what God wants us to be like. Yeah. Is to be like Him. Yep. Um, and that's that's what it's all about. You know, that's it's not about you making me like you. It's you making me look like Him. Yeah. And that's that's so key. And you know, I think there's a you know we've we've got to be in that place of, of vulnerability vulnerability in all of this and. And there are, we do have to put our trust in people and, and you know, sometimes we're going to get burnt, but it's still worth it. You know, I think, like, in my life, um, I was sharing with my guys at, at my small group on, on Monday night. Um, before I got married, there was a, a guy in the church who sat down with me and he went through what a Christian marriage looks like and all of this kind of stuff. And they had this time beforehand... And it was all really good stuff. And then at our wedding reception, he came up and told me that he was getting a divorce, yeah. which I really struggled with for probably the first couple of years of our marriage because I'd heard all of this stuff that he'd told me. And, you know, it, and as I say, it's reflecting back now. It was actually really good stuff, but I couldn't, I couldn't grab hold of that because of what had happened with that yeah. relationship. So I guess the challenge is that we need to have that discernment. We need to bring things to, to God you know, being his word and, and doing all that sort of stuff because we're all human, you know, we're, we're all going to have faults and failures and there are going to be times when we're going to let each other down and we just have to have that ability to work through that as well. Yeah. I guess that's part of growing the culture like Christ again, you know, like I think um, if we can actually be a people that live out the word, so we definitely need to learn the word of God, right? There's no doubt. We need to know the word of God. But what's the point of knowing if I'm not putting it into action? Um, I can then be apprenticed in it. But, you know, there's good apprentices and bad apprentices as well. Um, I don't know if you've ever had one, but some of them I've heard bosses like going, they have to do the job twice because, you know, they do it badly and then I have to come and fix it up. Um, and, that, and that immersion, we definitely need that. But what are we in? You know, are our relationships based around Christ? This is what I preached on a few weeks ago, Matt, just that whole, are we gathering around Christ? When we gather together and... And that communion, you know, when we think about that and how Paul was writing to the Corinthians saying, I actually fear that it's doing more harm than good when you gather together. Is that the culture we want for Christians that are born again here, living with us as a church? Do we want them to come into this culture where when you come to church, actually it's more harm than good. You go home going, I wish I never came to church. I wish I never gathered with those people because they don't display the love of Christ. And what are we bringing our kids up in now? Think about this in the smallest term that I can think possible. We're, we're the family of God meeting together, but your family. And no doubt we've all fallen short in all these areas, right, through our life as, as Christians, that there's, there is a lot of church people who will teach their kids wrong and right. Okay? They're, they're very like, you know, this is wrong, this is right, and keep the law, make sure you do the right thing, and... and that's what Christianity is about. So they're teaching the, the commandments of Christ, I guess, in a way. Um, but thinking about that, didn't, wasn't Christ's command the one thing he said, I command you to love God and love others? This is the new commandment. That's everything else is wrapped up in that. But 
parents that are very good with the head knowledge. They know about Jesus, they know about God, they know about everything, but then when it comes to living out their life, they've never brought their kids into the Christian life either. And I think about it like with my mum and dad, I don't know what it was like with you, Matt, but my mum and dad, I'd be at an event and without fail, we would be the last family there packing up chairs. And I was immersed in that. Was that similar for you? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. yeah always there, locking up and packing up and... Yeah, the last ones to leave. Yeah. Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> Still the same. Still the same, you know. And it's but, good, you know. Yeah. It's I actually enjoy that. Like it's part of it's part of who I am. I can't yeah. not do it, which is actually a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's a it's that learn it's it's a it's a learnt thing, but it but just becomes a it's the culture, it's the immersing immersing in the in that yeah. in that culture of just serving others don't know any different. And, and so imagine that being all of us, getting the word of God and actually living it out, serving one another in love. What if that was our culture? Serve one another in love and we just all did it. Our kids grew up in it but they were not just shown it, so they actually were brought along with us. Uh, one of the things that I, I said to Joe with my kids, I'm like, Brown is probably the most connected to a church right at the moment in terms of serving and stuff like that. We were in a church where we we just didn't do that, not well, we served, but we didn't drag the kids along with us because they, they actually didn't like that church, to be honest, like because of the way it was, but fair enough. Um, but Brianna was the one who, like at a young age, was crying because I was leaving for an eldership meeting and she's going, it's not fair, I want to come. And I was like, okay, why do you want to come? But she had been with me from a young age, brought to the church, serving in the church from a young age. That's called being apprenticed. We want to do that with our kids, right? We want to make sure that church isn't mum and dad's thing, it's our thing. We're doing mission together, we're serving together, we're loving together, we're doing things with families, we're, we're talking about God, we have someone around the table and guess what, we do talk about Jesus. We don't just talk about the football, but we do actually pray for one another and there's that apprenticeship happening. But then even more than that, the immersion side of thing is like, I can tell my kids what to do, I live out this totally different life. How effective is that in discipling that when you're yeah. when you're being a hypocrite? Yeah, it's not great. Doesn't work. Why? Well, I mean, like what I was saying before, you know, that that two year period after when I got married, there was a real struggle there, because because I'd sort of hung all my stuff on on what I was being told, and then being shown something completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it does it does more damage than than anything, but. You know, and is that is that balancing thing? But especially with our kids, you know, like that's a, what a what a blessing that is to be able to be given kids that you can speak into and and do life with, and and you know they they see you how you really are, and and that's and even in that, that's a challenging thing in relationship too. So yeah, sure is. Yeah, so guys, for a discipling culture to be developed in this place, I just want you to think about those three things. The information, what are we teaching? Are we teaching our kids about God? Are we teaching each other? New Christians about God, are we teaching each other about God? Are we apprenticing? Because we don't want to be a church that just says the word, like Jesus said, the foolish person hears the word but doesn't do it. We don't want to be that person. We want to actually grow our kids up in that. But even more than that, we want to develop a culture that that's just the way it is. What's a Christian look like? you guys. 
I've grown up in this church. This is what we do. We, we share Christ with one another. We're joyful. We love being with one another. We, we serve. We, we engage. We Whatever it is that we think is important and precious in God's sight. Um, you know, the, the mums and dads love each other. Um, they're, they're just amazing presence of God. When they worship, it's a culture of worship. Who builds that here? Right? We, we can hear about worship. We can hear about entering into worship and even agree with it. We can see someone and they walk with us, but there's this point where it goes from being something that we're copying to something we're actively engaged in. That's the, the step that we're looking for. But what does that mean? It means when my kids come to church, I don't see people on their iPhones flicking through their messages. They see people engaged in things of God. Culture is built by us. That's the immersion. That's discipleship. The way Jesus did it, he taught. He taught the crowds. He taught lots of people discipling him that way. But then he apprenticed the 72 and obviously the 12 disciples. Then he had this amazing group of three that, that seemed to be just even closer. And he got involved in their life even more. But they were immersed. When We'll, we'll put up the next verse, please just to see this, because understanding the cost for us, right? A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. If you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. That sounds actually pretty hard, man. Mm, sure does. So what's discipleship look like? A lot. <laughs> does. I mean, it's, it's really just dedicating our lives to God. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a comparison thing. So, you know, God is, God is in and above everything that we have and, and we're dedicating our relationships with our, our mum and our dad and with our wives or our husbands and with our children and, and with everyone else. You know, God is in all of that stuff and we need to make sure that that's, that's the priority. You know, we it's like what you're saying before in terms of discipleship being a course that you go and you do for six weeks and then you're a disciple. It's actually not that. It's 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 a whole of life thing, and it needs to just be in that in that place where anything you do, regardless of the, whether it's interacting with your mum and dad or your kids or at your work or at your sporting club or whatever it is that you're doing, that that God is is the priority. That that He is He is first and foremost in in everything. Yeah. Big challenge, right? Big challenge. Yeah. So, to be a disciple, there's two things. One, we're told to make disciples, right? Um, so what does a disciple do? They make disciples. If you're not making disciples, you're actually not really a disciple because, by definition, Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples, right? So they're called to that. And that's a challenge, but we need to step up to that challenge because while Jesus said to them, go and make disciples, he also called people to follow him. Discipleship is not a one-way process. If you're not committed to being in relationship with someone that is discipling you, then you're missing out on some of the richness of what God can give, right? And you have to be able to do that. To be a real disciple, you have to be a learner. And a learner always keeps growing. So my encouragement here, and what I'd love to see this church build into, is a, a people that 
are disciples, which means they do what Jesus commanded, loving people, loving God, and being obedient to the word. But also making disciples. In other words, they are actively engaged in growing others in Christ, not because you're so smart and you know everything, but it's very natural because it grows out of relationship. It's best done in relationship. And if you find that your relationships never talk about Jesus, you need to reassess those relationships. Either you have to start being the one that's bold enough to step up and start to live it out, or you have to just change who you're hanging with, or add on to who you're hanging with, so that you're actually in relationships that challenge your faith, that grow you in grace and truth, and help you to be more like Jesus. That's what it's about. The strength of this, uh, Matt, is that if the pastor ever leaves, nothing changes. Because what's happened is you've developed a discipling culture in the church where people are growing and they're growing together. And so the pastor that comes in, if they're involved in discipling as well, nothing changes because the strength is in people being discipled because we're called to disciple others. Jesus will grow the church. We look at that. So, Matt, thank you for joining me today. Oh, and uh, proud. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to Cornerstone Conversations with Neil, the right stuff, right, and Assistant Pastor Matthew Paul Scott Brian Koenig. <laughs>